Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. We have got a jam-packed podcast for you this week. Uh, We are, what, a third of the way through the transfer window in Bristol City have been doing business this week. We'll hear from new signing Casey Palmer, who's come on loan. And we'll hear from Lee Johnson about this as well. Mark Ashton's been speaking this week. We're going to pick apart what he's been saying. Uh, Gregor has a Lloyd Kelly update for us. His future has been talked about in this window. Uh, Could another midfielder be arriving? Strong links with a championship player. Uh, Bristol City going to play Bolton twice in a row at home. Uh, more on that to come as well. Of course, reflecting on the FA Cup win against Huddersfield 2. Uh, Gregor, how are you? Are your hands hurting from typing about all these transfers? Um, the first uh, one of this window that was announced is Casey Palmer. What do you make of this loan signing? Yeah, it was great to be able to speak to him yesterday. I have to say he's a really lovely guy, really bubbly character and um, I'm in two minds about this um, transfer, if I'm honest. I, I think he could add something really good to the squad, maybe that sort of missing athleticism and maybe a few goals if they can find his best form, maybe that form that he showed when he was over at Huddersfield when they went up. On the other hand, he, he played, I think we're going to come on to this, he played out wide, didn't he, at mm. Blackburn Rovers and he didn't make too many starts up there. I think it was only nine or ten, So, and he, he's maybe fallen out of the the team situation there and obviously yeah, it hasn't worked out for him so it's going to be interesting to see how this goes a lot of fans are saying is it going to be a bit like the Ryan Kent signing that we saw a year ago and that's my fear but on the other hand I'm hopeful that Lee can as I say pluck the, the best out of him and he could add maybe that, that X factor in the next well the latter half of the season well, let's hear um, from Lee Johnson now. You touched on it there about where Casey Palmer will be playing and then we'll hear from the new signing. Well, I see him fitting in centrally. I think uh, I like him as a as a 10 or an 8-10, if you like, depending on which formation he's played with three in the middle. Um, it's something that we've looked at, like the cost of, of sort of top-class strikers is extreme. At the moment, going around the place, we, we've tweaked the formation. I think it's been very attacking still. You know, we talked about that 4-1-4-1 or the 4-2-3-1 that gets you a 10 in there. And uh, we've got a lot of energy and pace wide. We've been scoring goals and, and keeping clean sheets of, of in recent weeks, which is good. And we want to add a little bit of sparkle that we think uh, Casey can do. Yeah, he said to us just before that the position thing was a big thing for him as well. And um, he also said that Tammy Abraham had, had um, said a good stuff about the club. And that's good to hear, isn't it? Um, we were just saying before he came in, actually, that Tammy has had, seems to have had a role with all the Chelsea guys helping to bring them in. Yeah, well, I think naturally as a player, you know, they're very close, of course, because they've been brought up in the youth team together. And. Uh, We've got a fantastic relationship with Chelsea. I think it's worked um, for both parties with all the signings that we've, that we've had from there. And they're, and they're quality players, you know, that, that Chelsea heavily invested in their youth system over a number of years, um, over the last 10 years. And, and you can really see that coming through. And uh, it's great that we get to work with, uh, I think, a very, very talented English player. 
Could Casey stay longer than the six months he's going to be here? Um, well, we'll have to see, really. Like, um, I always like to start with the potential of that. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously I'm there to coach and my staff are there to coach the player as well. So, do you know what I mean? We always want to feel like there's the potential to do that. But uh, it's always in, in Chelsea's hands or the parents' club hands in, in that respect. And uh, we'll just see how it goes. But uh, certainly he's a player that I believe in and uh, I believe he can be successful at this level. So that was Lee Johnson talking about new signing Casey Palmer, who's on loan from Chelsea until the end of the season. Let's hear from Casey Palmer himself now. Hi, Casey. Welcome to Bristol. Um, What's it been like for you the last few days? When did you learn that you were coming down this way? Um, How has the move come about? Um, Is it something that's been on your mind for a while or did you only learn about it just recently? Um, Yeah, it's been quite recent, to be fair. Um, Obviously, agent first told me about it and I think as soon as I heard about the interest, it kind of was something I was always considering and was likely to do because of the style of play, the manager and obviously the way the team's performing at the minute is appealing. So I think... Yeah, it was, it was always something that was going to happen once the interest was there. Yeah, I was going to say, have you spoken to Lee Johnson and did he have to convince you to come here at all? Or what, what did he say that really made, maybe made it appeal to you? I think it kind of appeals itself. There was obviously a conversation added more to it, but I think as soon as he said I'd be playing in my position, which I haven't really done too much so far this season when I've been at Blackburn, I think that for me was a major thing to come and get back playing and enjoying football in the position I want to kind of play in so yeah and hopefully I can add something to the team that's not there at the minute Is that attacking central midfield or, or somewhere some other position or, or are, you, are you able to say and it, yeah what you obviously that's a big thing for you um, can you explain where what your game is maybe for people who don't know um, yeah I want to play attacking midfield or the number 8 position as people will say the more advanced midfielder um, or coming in off the, off the side if need be but that's not my preferred position I'd rather come and compete as one of the midfielders I'd say yeah and, and I'm guessing you know some of the guys here already then because obviously we've got Jada Silver and Thomas Callis here do you, do you know those guys well? yeah yeah I know them both well um, obviously Jay a bit more because I've played with him more through the youth systems and spoke to Tammy before I came and Bobby who all complimentary of everyone at the club and the style of play and the team so Everyone's had their input in persuading me to get it, but the club appeals by itself, to be fair. Great, Steffi. You've got quite a lot of championship experience now, and you've obviously been at Huddersfield, Derby and uh, Blackburn. I wanted to ask, which of those three clubs did you learn the most at, would you say? Um, you were there. Um, I would say I've learned different things at all the clubs. I would say Huddersfield, with the promotions, clearly been the most successful one. But I would say I've learned just as much recently at Blackburn different off the pitch and how to deal with setbacks and all kind of things so I'd say they've all had positive effects in the grand scheme of things when I look back at them all they've all added to the person I am today so I can't really say too much more yeah and obviously you played when you came down here earlier in the season that was a 4-1 win obviously for City but what are your recollections from that game I think if I'm right there was a bit of banter between yourself the yeah, yeah, I was literally saying that before. Yeah. Um, they were giving me a bit of stick, and I think I looked at one of them, and then it just got more and more after that, to be fair. But yeah, it's all friendly banter, nothing too much. And hopefully, I can win them over by getting on the pitch and performing. Nice one. Just, just finally, has there been any talk at all about maybe staying longer than just the six months, or is it a bit early for that? Or? Um, there might have been a few talks here and there, but 
what's been agreed is till the summer and hopefully I can impress the manager and impress the, the fans more importantly and perform and help the team which is obviously the major factor and why I'm here so hopefully I can do that and in the summer kind of takes care of itself Nice one and good luck so that was Casey Palmer talking about his arrival at Bristol City. And before we heard from Casey Palmer there, who, by the way, for a 22-year-old, I thought spoke really well, Gregor, uh, we heard from Lee Johnson about where he sees Casey Palmer playing. And there's been a lot of talk about this because, let's be honest, there's an array of wingers at Bristol City right now. Don't really need another winger, but it sounds like Lee Johnson sees him as that sort of central midfielder. Yeah, it was interesting. I asked where he would fit in and he said um, number eight or really is is the position he wants to play. And then Lee said, yeah, number eight or number 10. So, yeah, a bit of versatility there. I think, and I keep going on about this, I think Bristol City, to progress, need a few more goals from beyond Famer Jeju, particularly out wide. Um, that's been the great thing about Callum O'Dowda for me recently is that he started chipping in with a few goals and I expect him to carry on in that vein. Nicholas Eliasson, not too sure we're going to get too many goals, but he is providing assists. That's great. Jamie Patterson, he chips in occasionally, just dis- a little bit disappointingly. Maybe he hasn't scored a few more this season, but he has been in and out of the side. I think if he continues to play, he will get more goals. But basically, they just need more goal threats. That's what we've been calling for. And I do think that Palmer could add that. That's my hope for um this side if they can get him to score like he got I think four goals when he was up at Huddersfield he's got pace he's got power so yeah he he could be that missing ingredient the big question is yeah is he going to play well where's he going to play whose place would he take right now I think he might take Jamie Patterson's place in that in that sort of what straight away no not necessarily straight away I, I I doubt that but Maybe just behind the front man, adding, adding hopefully some goals. Maybe out wide, adding another goal threat. Although, don't forget, they have got Marley Watkins as well who can score goals and might, might come in. And it's another option, really. Alternatively, it could be, yeah, as, as you say, another midfielder in those three in the middle, in a way. So it could be that you've got Pack sort of holding and then you've got Josh Brownhill one side and Casey Palmer the other side attacking, supporting Famer Jeju. Uh, so we'll have to see. I, yeah, hopefully, though, he's going to add a few goals. But the bigger question beyond that is, are they still going to bring in a striker? Well, if there is talk about Mo Isa going out on loan, which there is this week, there's been some League One interest, Lee Johnson said. If Mo Isa is going out on loan, surely they've got to get in another striker. They need another option, a difference from Arajiju. Matty Taylor just seems to be being used as an impact sub. Uh, you know, you're looking around and thinking, well, they need some more goals from somewhere. But at this stage of the season, you're either going to have to go for a player that's not happy at the club they're at. They're not playing. They're not getting game time. Therefore, they won't have goals under their belt this season. Bristol City don't have the money to spend uh, at this point on some sort of big goal scoring player. Maybe if you looked at League One or something like that. So the other option is a young loan player. And then that's a risk. Are they going to be able to make the step up? So what names and who have you heard associated with Bristol City striker-wise in this window? Well, there's been just a few rumours. I don't have anything concrete. Obviously, I've mentioned Josh Major before, but I think with, with all respect, I yeah, think there's bigger, happen, there's, yeah, there's bigger fish in for him. Yeah. We, we keep hearing about Premier League size. I can't see that one coming yeah. off. Um, other people on various social media have uh, mentioned rumours to me, but 
I haven't got too much there concrete, so I don't want to speculate. Um, but what I will say is that I asked Lee Johnson yesterday, are you still after a striker? And he kind of, with all respect, all due respect to the head coach, he kind of ducked the question a little bit there. He did mention that basically... Casey Palmer can add the missing sparkle that he wants to this yes, side. Yes. He did make an interesting comparison with Bobby Reed, um, so maybe he does see them, him and Palmer as being someone who could could potentially be the next sort of Bobby Reed style player. Maybe converted into this attacker that he needs and m- might find goals. And he also mentioned that the prices for strikers at the moment are sky high. Yeah. So it might be that they feel that they just can't bring in the right man or someone who's going to be better quality than that, what they already have. My feelings on this are that, yes, they would bring in another striker if they could find the right person, because don't forget, they're always on the lookout for quality players that are going to be better than what they have. However, that's probably unlikely. So maybe we just keep an ear to the ground, see what happens, and and it might depend on who becomes available. But right now, it's looking unlikely. But I know how quickly the transfer window can, can change. And what about what Mark Ashton said this week, this change of direction transfer policy last summer? For those that haven't heard about this, um, just explain what he means by this. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of Bristol City fans will have heard this. And I have to say, it was a really great interview, I thought, on Monday night on BBC Radio Bristol. Um, Jeff Twentyman, obviously, interviewing... CEO Mark Ashton, uh, gr- great work from Jeff, and I thought it was a good interview from Mark Ashton as well. Obviously, explaining a lot of stuff about the club, things going on in the background, and clarifying a lot of issues. And I always think this kind of thing is important. It's always great to have transparency um, over everything regarding the club. So it's really good to hear. And yeah, loads of great information off the back of it, wasn't there? So, in particular, the, that clause for uh, Jada Silva, who might arrive on a permanent deal. Um, next summer, clarifying over the, the deals for Thomas Callas as well and, and De Silva that they're set to play here for the rest of the season. And then obviously the, the, the loan deal for Casey Palmer was close. So, yeah, loads of good stuff. A couple of like standout points for me, though, that maybe haven't sort of fallen by the wayside a little bit. I thought, thought it was interesting to hear Mark saying how there was a definitive change of direction yeah. in, in, in recruitment strategy last summer. And... And I, and I agree with him that it does seem to be working for Bristol City and they're, they're targeting sort of maybe not always English players, but certainly players with experience of English football and, where possible, experience of championship football. And what the business they did in the summer, I said back then, I thought was excellent. And I think the business they're doing right now is, is not too bad either. So I think they're going about things the right way. Um, the other thing was just the training ground plans. So, yeah, they, it was good to hear that it's, what, 18 months possibly from the spring that the training, new training ground would be ready. And, yeah, there's, there's some really great stuff going on, really, isn't there? I was going to ask you about if we just look back at the summer transfers and, and how they've panned out and how at the time we said it does seem to be tapping into that championship quality rather than looking in League One and, and trying to find that bargain who might make the cut at championship level. If we look at the players they signed, for example, Marley Watkins, has has he really fulfilled his potential? He hasn't yet, has he? He hasn't, no. And um, it's a good point, actually. And, yeah, taking both sides, I, I kind of wrote an article on this the other day and had a bit of flack for it, probably deservedly, that I actually didn't think Bristol City needed to do too much business this window because I, I, this. I, yeah, I really do feel that you've got players like Marley Watkins, who I honestly believe can have a big contribution this season. I don't think we've seen the best of him, no. 
Um, but sometimes you just need a bit of patience and get these guys fit, get them into the system. And this is, a, like, I'm sure we'll come on to this, but this was something Lee Johnson was saying this week uh, about how it's taken Mo Isa quite a long time to become fully integrated into the squad, um, how it's taken some six to seven months to learn the intricate tactical systems. And he said that that was the same with Nicholas Eliasson when he arrived. And maybe it's going to be the same for some of the other guys. It's going to take them some time to settle, get really involved in the group and become uh, mainstay first-team players. Well, uh, talking about that settling in period with Moisa, he wasn't really... So why is he going out on loan already? I know he's still relatively young and he has jumped through the leagues very quickly. Was he not quite ready for Bristol City uh, when he joined in summer? I don't, I don't think he was. And I think if Lee is honest, he probably would say the same. And in a roundabout way, he has already said the same. In that, obviously, I... Uh, you might have heard, but I asked him yesterday in the pre-Bolton press conference about the likes of Joe Morell, Max O'Leary and Moisa going out on loan and he admitted that there was a big chance, there was interest in all three of those players and we fully expect at least one or two of those guys to now go out on loan, most likely to League One clubs. And yeah, he said with Moisa, as I was just saying there, that it takes some time to learn about the, the tactical nuances of the game to be fully integrated um, at the same time, he wanted to give these guys a taste of first-team football. And if you look at other big clubs in the Premier League, elsewhere in the Championship, or everywhere, I, th- I don't think this is uncommon practice. I think you get a new signing in, you give them a taste so that you, they can see what it's like and they've got something to work towards. And maybe it's a motivational thing. Um, I don't think necessarily think it's, it's, that, it's a bad move to send somebody like Moisa out on loan especially if he then comes back and he takes his first-team chances and, and is all the better for it development-wise. But if they hadn't bought Moisa when they did from Cheltenham Town, do you think someone else would have come in and taken him? Is that why they did it? Exactly, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying they did, definitely. I, I think that's a really good point, though. Yeah, sometimes you have to be opportunistic and, yeah, maybe snap up these players. And somebody made a good point to me on social media last night. Uh, apologies, I forget who, but they said basically... Like he, Moisa might not, never play for the first team and he might get sold on. And I said, well, he will be given a chance if he doesn't unfortunately take his chances or in, that, in the worst case scenario that happens, if he's then sold on for a profit, is that the worst thing, you know? And, mm. and for, uh, I'm sure Mo will get his chances. Um, I don't have a doubt about that. He's already been um, involved, hasn't he, already? And the coaching team will obviously see him day in, day out on the training ground. So we're... Keep an eye on that. Nobody's writing off Moisa at all. I, I just think he'll he'll be better for his own development to play regularly somewhere else, and I think that's what will happen. Okay. What about this uh, guy, Joe Williams? Tell us a bit more about him. He's a, a Bolton player at the moment, but could be a player coming this way. Yeah, not too sure if that's going to go through now. But yeah, I said a, yesterday. I did a Facebook live explaining this. The information I've been given is that he was fully expected to come into Bristol City last week. Now, the Bolton News reported that City had had a £1 million bid accepted for him. I don't. he's at Everton. He's he's, He's on loan at Bolton. Yeah, he's on loan at Bolton from Everton. I'm not too sure that that's the case. I think if he had been arriving, it would have been a loan. The Liverpool Echo were reporting a couple of days ago that Everton have have said up there that he's not for sale at any price and that they see a long-term future for him. That could be a a bargaining bargaining tactic, could be a bit of negotiation there. What's 
what's muddying the waters here is that he picked up an injury, and I think this is what has curtailed any possible move. Uh, basically, he's got a thigh injury, a thigh ligament injury. He tweeted about himself the other day. So that looks to have, have scuppered that move. And thinking back, uh, Lee Johnson made a big thing in his press... Well, not made a big thing, but he mentioned in his press conference last week after the Huddersfield game that any new signings coming in had to be fit and ready to go from there and then. And it looks like that that's why this move has maybe fallen through. I think he's out for a month. It might just be one to keep an eye on, though. I'm sure we'll hear more about it from either the Bolton end, the Everton end, or maybe even down here before the end of the window, though. Okay, let's move on to uh, talk about the FA Cup uh, win against Huddersfield. Another Premier League scalp. Could be setting up a uh, another cup run here. Okay, Huddersfield are bottom Premier League and struggling, but still it, it extends the unbeaten run as well. So lots to take from this. Yeah, took a real time to get going this game. I mean, all the journalists beside me in the press box were writing down about how Josh Brownhill had, had saved everybody from having to watch another replay of that kind of game. You know, <laughs> but but yeah. A great win for Bristol City, fifth Premier League side beating, obviously, nine games unbeaten, another clean sheet. And, yeah, so many positives. And it's good to see, obviously, through to the next round. Really good chance, um, I think, of going to the fifth round, but we'll have to see. It's never that easy. Um, and, yeah, so many positives, if not, if not the greatest game. Fantastic goal from Brownie, yeah. really have to say. Yeah, brilliant goal. And it extends this unbeaten run. Uh, it's Bolton this weekend at home, so it looks good to make it 10 unbeaten, dare we say. It's never straightforward, is it? No, but I do really fancy them to win. I, I was looking the other day at basically the home form versus the away form. You know, away form... Just on away points won this season. Bristol City are in the top six in the league. Wow. But on home form, just home points won. They're bottom half, only just outside the relegation zone. Mm. So big um, dis- discrepancy there. And I do expect them to both become more aligned, which means we're probably going to get a few more home wins and maybe not so many good results on, on the road. But we'll see. Just a little bit of a gap developing now between this this hunting pack, which Bristol City are in, sort of from 7th to 11th, 12th, maybe even 13th, 14th in the Championship, hunting down those playoff places. But Derby have done themselves a favour. They've they've given themselves that little cushion. Derby and Borough, they're on 43 points, and Bristol City five points behind on 38. Not an insurmountable gap at all. Um, but they're now going to be relying on teams to, to slip up, aren't they? They need Derby and Borough to just drop off a little bit and they're really going to have to carry on with this run. It's a good unbeaten run, but what they need to do is put this run of wins together, which they're starting to do. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, they're, they're in the mix now, or not too far off. If they win this weekend, and I think they've got a great chance, then then they really are going to be in the right sort of areas. So it's going to be an exciting end to the season and... Yeah, I mean, just one other point from the, the FA Cup win and that we haven't mentioned is that there, there was Sam Pearson on the bench and Joe Morell playing. Great to see those guys involved. Joe Morell, really tidy, built on his performance at Ipswich Town where he was impressive. And Sam Pearson, he's a really exciting young guy to keep an eye on over the next few years. Um, he's, he's one of Bristol City's best young prospects. And yeah, if you haven't seen him, he's an attacking Midfielder, pacey, brave, tenacious, 
He's got a good shot on him. He's been standing out in the under two. Yeah, certainly a name to remember. I, d- I don't know if you saw any of Antoine Semenyo either. Did you? Oh, him? yeah. He's fantastic at the weekend, wasn't he? He's on loan at uh, Newport County at the moment. And you're looking at him thinking, they should record him on that sort of performance. He was fantastic, wasn't he? As uh, Newport overcame Leicester in that giant killing. He's got a big future, hasn't he? He has, and let's not forget, obviously, Brian Tinian admitted to us recently, didn't he, that Manchester United have been watching mm. him at Newport. And you know, yeah, exactly. And I thought it was funny how Martin Keown just could not stop talking about him. I think he, even Keown wrote about him in his Daily Mail column the next day. He was that taken by him. So he's, yeah, he's got some big plaudits there. But further, this is another young guy with the likes of Pearson and Tyreek Bakinson, who's um, highly regarded at Bristol City, all these young players who really are um, catching the eye. Uh, Well, yeah, talking of young players catching the eye, that brings us on to Lloyd Kelly. I believe you have an update on his future. There had been rumours of him being um, linked to Liverpool. What do you know? So, yeah, what my information is from behind the scenes that Liverpool are aware of him. However, they're not going to be making any moves for Lloyd Kelly this window. So, basically, that, that rules them out completely in January... Um, despite what you might hear elsewhere, that's my information, that he will not be going to Liverpool this January. So might have to keep an eye on that in future windows, but hopefully, hopefully that means he's just, well, he's going to be here for the rest of January and the rest of this season at least. Yeah, that's great news. Let's just focus a little bit more on Bolton this weekend then. Um, Before we talk about them, let's talk about club captain Bailey Wright, who's uh, come back into the team. He's been out for so long and he's doing brilliantly, isn't he, Gregor? He has. I thought he was really outstanding up at Stoke. Um, spoke to Jamie McAllister in the, in the next press conference and, and he agreed. He, he came back and, and, and uh, Jamie was saying how basically it was like a, a duck to water was the phrase he said and just looked like he hadn't been away. And it's some nine months since he played a first team game. Can you believe that long? And yeah, I was really pleased with him. He's a great guy. He's an important guy as well. Um, huge dressing room influence. The club captain no less. So, yeah, it's another positive here where they've got, they've got strength in depth and he's going to push for first-team football. Yeah, and let's hear from Bailey right now because uh, Gregor took the opportunity this week to ask him about uh, what it was like missing out on the World Cup this summer. Basically, Bailey Wright turned down an operation during last season to help Bristol City's campaign. He missed out on the World Cup, whether that was because of the injury or he, he wasn't selected. I think that's a little bit ambiguous, isn't it? But uh, here's what Bailey Wright had to say about that whole situation when Gregor asked him earlier. I have to ask you about the World Cup, mate. What, what's your feelings now looking back in terms of, I believe, and Lee was saying after the game the other day, that you decided not to take up an operation later on in the season and then obviously the worst happened and you, you missed the World Cup in the end. How, how do you look back on those times now? Um, 2018 had a lot of highs, had a lot of lows. Um, obviously I've, I've missed out in the World Cup but that's done and dusted. There's, there's nothing that can be done about that now. Um, and of course it's something that I know myself, I, I played a big part and I feel a lot of satisfaction of um, getting us to the World Cup so for me that was a massive positive that I still still carry with me now um, but you know these probably nine months since I played my last competitive game for the club roughly around that sort of mark um, as you know, I look back on it and I take a lot of positives from it um, again highlights with the cup run we went on um, that unfortunately ended in you know in, in January I think it was January um, were massive highlights and of course um, 
from my point of view of you know injuries and did they fatigue me and affect performances then I'd be lying if I said no they weren't affecting me um, it took its toll um, but the plus thing was I had nothing really major or anything that threatening so I knew when I would be back fit I'd be back fit and I've had like a reset button refresh with my body and um, be good to go now so um, you can look back and look at the things you missed on but I'm just really looking forward to being part of, of the squad now being back fit and seeing what this season can bring because you know, we're getting stronger and stronger as a team as a club I think you can see momentum building um, with performances um, and obviously you know, we see it day in day out at the training ground and how we are as a team so for me that's what I'm looking forward to regardless of, of what I've missed out on 2018 that's, that's done and dusted I can't do anything about that now it's about seeing where this season can take us and, and from there on well, that was Bailey Wright uh, speaking about uh, missing out on the World Cup and he, him being back with Bristol City this season, which is only a good thing because he's, he's come in and he's just hit the ground running. He's been fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, Bolton this weekend. Now, Bolton have had a few things going on off the field this week. It's been absolutely quite intriguing to watch. Uh, if you don't know, and I'm sure you do, just to cut a long story short, um, Bolton have had a transfer embargo, haven't they, uh, Gregor, which has affected a few things. Uh, Christian Deutsch has gone back to Forest Green Rovers and it sparked this row between the two clubs, really between the two chairmen, Dale Vince at Forest Green Rovers, Ken Anderson at Bolton. And they've sort of been at trading points of view through club statements and, and interviews and things. And last night, uh, Dale Vince put on his Twitter this T-shirt which says no can do and they've been selling them in the Forest Green Club Shop. This war of words over Christian Doidge and the disagreement of the terms of his transfer to Bolton which hasn't gone through. He went there in August. He's now come back to Forest Green because apparently, allegedly, terms weren't being fulfilled and this transfer embargo. It's a bit of a messy situation. But it's got personal, Gregor. What on earth do you make of this whole situation that Bolton have found themselves in this week with the transfer embargo and with Forest Green Rovers? Well, yeah, my opinion is it's all a bit farcical, really. I've seen <laughs> both the statements and it's just a mess. I'm, I'm sure these guys, well, why are they washing their dirty linen in public for a start? But, yeah, it's just crazy. I... I have to give a shout out to my colleague, well, sort of fellow colleague, Mark Eels, who's done a fantastic job reporting on this on the, the local news up there. And I think he's still banned, actually, from, from attending Bolton games, but I assume he'll be down here he this weekend. Well, he's been banned by Ken Anderson for, um, well, essentially because he, he posted a GIF on his Twitter feed, um, it, um, but also other stuff. I they've Ken Anderson says that he's been not reporting factually and accurately enough but I'm not sure that that is the case so yeah I did ask well Lee Johnson was asked about this and his views and he said that he thought it might even galvanise the trotters when they come down this way mm. at the weekend but we'll have to see if that happens I feel a bit sorry for Phil Parkinson who is doing a terrific job when you consider Absolutely. all these circumstances what is their transfer situation now at Bolton well they aren't able to sign anyone according to the EFL However, and we've kind of seen this before in the summer with Birmingham, there are ways and means sometimes of getting around this. Uh, remember, Birmingham had a similar registration embargo, but then signed a Danish defender. And likewise, I understand that Bolton have got a player on loan at the, sorry, got a player training with them at the moment who might come in on a free transfer. But 
we'll have to see if that goes ahead. Play a Dutch uh, midfielder, I believe. So, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on it, but maybe City can take advantage. Mm, yeah, good, good, good time to play both with all this happening off the field. Will it be affecting their players? I mean, there's been talk of players not being paid earlier this season, things like that. So, is it a good time to play them? I mean, at least it's at Ashton Gate as well. Possibly. I know that the latest I've seen is that there's a fan protest being planned for their next game, I believe, against West Brom, and they're going to be walking out during the match. So... Yeah, it's not good times up there. But again, sometimes it can meld a team together. Um, so, yeah, the Romans will have to be watchful of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, wow, it's a, it really is a fascinating and intriguing situation uh, to look on, especially this Christian Doidge situation. How do you see that one panning out, Gregor? Because basically he went to uh, Bolton at the start of the season, but he's come back to Forest Green Rovers there's been claims of Forest Green that Bolton haven't been paying his wages and there's been claims that the deal is not what it was thought to be. So Christian Deutsch now is a striker. Could he become available? Possibly, possibly for somebody. Um, what I'd say is there's the human side to consider as well. Yeah. Christian had, I believe, bought a house up that way and was was thinking of like settling down up that way or at least yeah, living up that way for some time. And then suddenly he's back down at yeah. Forest Green Rovers and at the Yeovil game so recently. So, yeah, it's that side of things as well. We'll have to keep an eye on it. Do you think if he did become available and we don't know what's going to happen because it's all very complicated, is he someone Bristol City would look at? Not too sure. Does he fit in with the, the policy at the moment? They've, they've been looking for guys with championship experience and well, he, he, yeah, he, he's, interest, he's, inter- <laughs> he's interesting and he's done very well, obviously, in League Two um, and maybe, but I'm not sure if he's quite the quality that's going to be able to replace the likes of Fam, but yeah. we'll see. When you say replace the likes of Fabara Gigi, is that in case he gets injured or something? He's, this is how rumours start. He's not going anywhere, is he? No, absolutely, no, absolutely not. So, yeah, just Let's to clarify. Let's be clear, it's January. Yeah, absolutely. If, if anybody came in, then it, you'd probably be looking at someone to rotate when you will yeah, compete for that absolutely. spearhead role. And talking of rotation, Casey Palmer then, we mentioned it earlier, you don't think he's going to come in straight away, do you? No, he's available but uh, to play this weekend. But I'd be surprised if he starts immediately um, I just <laughs> just wanted to give a shout out to end really on um, there was somebody on Twitter who spotted that the club had released a um, video of, of Casey going for his medical yesterday yesterday, and then had spotted that on Casey's Instagram feed just a couple of days ago he was wearing the exact same clothing outfit which was <laughs> A fantastic piece of detective work. So shout out to, I think it was Phil Banks on Twitter for spotting that one. Great work. He needs to get uh, some new clothes, doesn't he? He might be able to now that he's moved down to Bristol, going to Cabot Circus, do a little bit of shopping. He does, <laughs> he does. And yeah, we'll, we'll see if he, if, he, if he comes in and if he plays. Was it, was it the ripped jeans that he was wearing? Maybe he just does a few pairs in rotation. Ripped jeans, yeah, white jacket and, uh, yeah, a cravat-type scarf-type thing, maybe. Gregor, when I see you on Saturday at the game, I expect you to be in this sort of attire, OK? Um, thanks so much, uh, Gregor. Uh, we'll both be at the game on Saturday against Bolton, and next week we'll bring you our thoughts on what we've seen and the latest as well from the transfer window. So much going on. One signing already for Bristol City. Will it be more? Join us next week. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Thanks for listening. Robins on the Wire.